This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Welcome to another edition of a Total Degenerate Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ellison. I, I, sometimes you have a moment where you just, um, you feel really bad for somebody going through it, you know? Uh, we're all human in this world and in this life. and Sometimes you just, a stranger's suffering can, can make you feel bad. Um, for me, it was uh, earlier today, I stopped at a 7-Eleven. And while I was at the 7-Eleven... Uh, the stuff that I got, I got, you know, a couple of different things. It came out to $35, right? Buying a bunch of different shit for home. I needed stuff for home, by the way. Like, everyone's like, how the fuck do you spend $35 at 7-Eleven? Actually, pretty easily. Doesn't take that much. But the bill comes to 35 right? I got a $50 bill. I got a $5 bill. And I got... The change, right? It was the 35, 35. Easy to remember. That's why it sticks out. So I uh, I grabbed my 55 and the 35 cents I had in my pocket. And I handed it to the guy. Right? Now, for those that could do math, you already know the answer. We don't need to, to discuss any further. The story is over and you know what's about to happen. There was about um, maybe 60 seconds, 60 of the longest seconds of my life where there was no movement. He just, I completely overloaded him with this moment. Like He had nothing. By the way, this isn't a kid, okay? I, I know people have loved to bring it up like, some of you know, these kids, they don't know how to do change. No, this was a grown-ass adult who also did not know how to do change. He had no fucking idea. And he just stood there like a blank canvas until the point where I actually had to say, I actually had to say the number 20. I had to say 20 and then it was there was another brief silence. So that one was a little briefer. Then he nodded. Then he typed in the amount of money that I gave him into the fucking computer and hit cash out. And it told him. So it's just like I'm there's so many levels to how dumb this whole thing was. You know, what I mean? like for one you should be able to do that type of math. 35.35 minus from 55.35 leaves you with a remainder of 20. It's the it's 5 minus 3. Everything else cancels out. It's all irrelevant except for the 5 minus 3. That's why I gave you the $5 bill and I gave you the 35 cents. I'm trying to let you keep the small bills for your register, sir. Is what I had to, what I felt like I had to say. I, 
it was amazing. So like right out the gate, you should just be able to do it because it's the basic of most basic math equations in the world. Five minus three. Then <laughs> you get to the fucking to the part where he actually froze up. He freezes and doesn't say a word, doesn't make a movement as if I fucking, I mean, I as if I was fucking his mother right there in the front of him in the store out of nowhere. Like her head just popped up under over the counter and she said, hi, son, I'm sucking off this customer right now. And just went to work and he was just like, wait, am I dreaming? Is this a nightmare? What the fuck is happening? That would be a situation where you had something to to fucking, you had to break down. You go, why is this, what, how? No, but this was not that. This was not that. There was no blowjobs or sexual favors going on from anybody's mothers. It was just some math. Just a little bit of math and we couldn't get there. Like, I, after I left, when I left the store, all that came to mind as I looked back towards the counter, the counter guy as I was getting into my truck, I thought of the the theme song from Donnie Darko, that really depressing uh, piano song. Forget who wrote it, but the, I know the name of the song is Mad World. <laughs> it's, it's like the saddest song you'll ever hear, and it's just fucking the sad piano music and it's like talking about find it kind of funny find it kind of sad dreams and wish i dying or the best i ever had like that's all that went through my head as i'm looking at this guy who's like he still didn't figure out what happened like he i think he was thinking as i was getting in the car that i just bamboozled him somehow that I just pulled some fucking real Jedi mind trick fucking scam on him. I I got no words anymore. You know, we have to... There's a reason he's at that register, and you would think, you would think that, like, just doing the same thing repetitively over and over and over again, you would be able to get this basic math shit down. But then to top it all off with the fact that he could have just typed the numbers, he doesn't need to have any idea. He could have had no idea. He could have literally looked at him at 55, 35, 35, 35. I don't know what to do here. I'm just going to let the computer tell me what to do. Let the technology tell him what to do. And he couldn't even do that. They got to get him off the counter. He's got to... He can he can make the taquitos, I guess. He can he can mop, he can sweep. He can stock a shelf. We got to get him away from the register. He can't be dealing with the money. It's a very uh sad way to start the day or well, it wasn't the start of the day. A very middle somber middle of the afternoon, if you will. <laughs> That's uh Find it kind of funny. Find it kind of sad. It was very sad. It wasn't kind of sad. It was very sad. Like a fucking one, a, a, a three-legged puppy 
out in a rainstorm sad. Uh, yeah. That's how I felt leaving that 7-Eleven today. I've been uh, taking in a lot of the open mics. That's been good. I've been getting out there, hitting the fucking streets, telling some jokes to the people. I'm going to another one, actually, in about an hour. That's going to be fun. Um, I'll, I'll promote the shows at the end. But, uh, yeah, so last night's mic, um, you know, it was a very quiet mic. You know, it wasn't like a packed house by any stretch. Um, but we had some fun. We had some fun. We had particularly fun because uh, there was a n- new guy. We always like a new guy at the mic. It makes things a little, spices things up. You know, we all know each other's jokes. It's it's like that moment in Rounders when they're all playing cards in Atlantic City. And it's like we could have all just stayed in New York and fucking met up and took each other's money somewhere around there. Instead, we all came down to Atlantic City and now we're just going to fucking sit at the same table. Like that is what the mic is kind of like sometimes. Because we all know each other's jokes. We're all fucking creatures of the same habits. And we all, even if it's a new joke, we know each other's style. So we know kind of where the joke is going and all that. And that's and that's fine. It's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing to have that kind of sense of community and all that. But at the same time, though, there's something nice about when there's a new guy. And it's all new to us and it's all different. And our new guy last night, well, for one, he's he's very new to comedy because he decided to do comedy for the first time uh, while wasted at a comedy open mic. Probably not the best plan of action. If you want to know, if you want my opinion, getting bomb drunk and showing up to an open mic is probably... uh, detrimental to the long-term stability of your uh, comedic career. But that's not what this guy cared about. I never even got this guy's name. I, I really wish I get his name because he's an American hero. He really is. Because what he did last night is transform the game. Every time you think you understand the game of comedy, guess again because there's somebody that understands it better who's more astute and who's more uh, of a creative genius than you you could ever wish to be. And uh, that was the case with this gentleman, the drunk guy at the mic <laughs> last night. So the drunk guy at the mic, I'm going to basically give you the whole recap of his set. He... Gets up there and he's first, he just starts, he's talking about how much of his brother's a fucking piece of shit. He's like, fuck my brother. He's a douchebag. I don't like my brother. Fuck him. Of course, he was there with his brother and that's why he started with in on his brother. Then he tried to do what he referred to as an impression of his father. He said, my father, he used to say, so anyway, all the time. And he'd said it weird. He kept saying, he'd said it different. Like like he was he was trying to figure out how to sound like his dad because he, he had no clue. 
what his dad actually sounds like. Which was kind of a weird thing. But he let us know that his, his dad was a drunk. He, that, that was a nice moment. <laughs> so after the failed impression of his father, because he tried it several different ways, but he still had no idea. We then went into, uh, it was story time. Right? So there's no, no uh, you know, rhythm to this whatsoever. About as choppy as I'm telling the story right now, um, it's not even close to how choppy the set was. Like he was kind of, at one point, he was just kind of holding the mic, swaying a little bit. He just kept like exhaling and <sighs> into the mic. He kept doing those. So anyway, he kept saying, so anyway. So anyway. It's time to tell the story. And the story, he didn't mince words. He said, this reminds me of the time when we were at the lake house. And we got a midget to come strip for us. She had a name. Like, (laughs) this is how he actually said it too. She had a name. As if, like, most midget strippers don't have names. We just refer to them as midget strippers. But this one, she had a name. I know, by the way, that the the proper term is little little person or little people. But, hey, I'm telling, this is what he said. I'm just giving you the recap. Her name was Bridget the Midget. And (laughs) she was there and she is giving us lap dances. So first I asked for a lap dance and I said, how much? And she said, it's $20. And he, I said, all right, I'll give you 10 because I want half price on the account of the fact that you're a midget. So that got us. That was a pretty good laugh. We all had a moment where I just realized I was like, is this guy low-key killing right now he's low-key killing at that moment that's once he dropped the i demanded half price for my midget lap dance because she was a midget which i thought i mean it's a very uh like a very meta type i don't know what he's going for here it doesn't feel like comedy but not everybody's you know you gotta You got to understand that people go different routes. So after uh, that punchline, he goes into a whole thing about how she gave him a bunch of lap dances and then they ended up spending the night together. He fucked the midget. And, you know, he went into a graphic description of how much fun it was to fuck the midget and blah, blah, blah. But then it got weird again where he just ends it up so now he kind of just trails off like he just stops sort of telling the story but then he's like I I was feeling weird a couple weeks after fucking the midget which that's a weird just the whole I was feeling weird all right 
So what does that mean? Well, I guess when you feel weird, you go, you see the doctor. So he goes to see the doctor. And as he's described it, the doctor said to him, you have herpes, dude. And then he said, thank you. And he put the mic into the stand and walked off the stage. And he walked off the stage a hero to me, to all of us, to all of the open micers who were sitting there. And we've been writing jokes and trying new stuff for weeks in and weeks out. This guy just got bombed up in the middle of the day, spent most of the day drinking at a bar and stumbled up to a microphone and told a story about how a midget gave him herpes. And it really, it brightened the day. He crushed, honestly. It's one of the better sets I've ever seen. And I wouldn't be surprised if he has a Comedy Central fucking stand-up special soon or Netflix. All based off this one story. That's the only thing he needs to do. And it it should sell out arenas and uh, he can make millions of dollars. But yeah, it was a good good night at the mic. With football season coming to an end, you must all be as depressed as I am. Um, football season is the reason to live for 21 weeks of the year. The other uh, 31 weeks of the year, you live to wait for the other 21 weeks of the year. Everybody knows that that is a, a normal way of life. So what do you, you the, the point is, is, there's now a lot of empty time. We don't, we have a lot of a void to fill in our lives without football. And I see there's only one thing that can fill that void. And that, of course, is a brilliantly hilarious podcast. That, of course, would be a total degenerate podcast hosted by yours truly. And if you're hearing this podcast, if you're hearing this, what we in the biz would refer to as a call to action. You're fully aware of how great and amazing and extraordinary this podcast is, but maybe you haven't done the right fucking thing yet. Maybe you're just a freeloader. Maybe you're just trying to hang out in the wings and not have to participate, not have to be one of my soldiers, one of my minions, one of those out there spreading the gospel. Just like Jesus, Jesus had disciples. I have disciples And I need my disciples to do the right thing. And we all know what the right thing is up to this point. Now, don't we? Now, don't ya? Like I'm fucking Francis McDormand in Fargo. Now, don't ya? Jerry Landergaard. You know the right thing to do. Don't ya now? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The right thing to do is subscribe, rate, and review. Find us uh, on... Instagram at a total degenerate podcast on Instagram. Great things happening there. Great things happening all over this bitch. Doing more stand up shows, doing more social media stuff. We're fucking firing on all cylinders here. And you want to get in on the ground floor. This is your fucking. This is your chance, motherfuckers. So, hey. Don't be late to the party. Get in now while the the getting's good. 
The water's a little wet, but it's warm. It's nice. Dive in. Dive in and tell everybody else to dive in. Subscribe, rate, review. Say something nice for a change. All you motherfuckers are so negative all the time. Chinese air balloon thing spying on us from the fucking sky. And I don't know what else people are bitching about. Who cares? Just listen to the podcast. China China would want you to listen to the podcast. China's listening to the podcast. They're not just listening to Joe Rogan. They're, they're listening to everything. So you should too. I mean, that is about as ranty of a rant as I've ever done on this fucking thing. But either way, you get the point here, okay? A Total Degenerate Podcast. Follow us. Subscribe, rate, review, do all that. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it as always. I really do. Well, since it's the last uh, week of the NFL season, this is going to be the last podcast for uh, a while in terms of uh, football-related shit. You know, I'm not going to... This That's already a lie. You know what I mean? I'm already lying to you as an, uh, like as the host. I just want to do a football segment, and I always feel like I have to apologize for it. <laughs> but I, uh, I'm just saying, it's like you know, I don't really talk a lot of football during the off season. I really keep it mainly to the gambling shit and the picks and stuff during the season. So, you know, for the most part, football goes on the back burner now, and we just go right back into doing straight comedic stuff here. Anyway, so. My whole point is uh, I got to take a, a time out of the, the show this week to discuss the ongoing Jets quarterback situation. Um, I am dreadfully afraid of what is about to occur because looks like there's a big indication that Derek Carr is probably not coming. Derek Carr is probably... Uh, going to be a New Orleans Saint. Um, that is kind of the guy I thought fit the Jets the best. He's still young enough where you can get four or five years out of him. He's always consistently pretty good. Like, he hasn't been great, I'll give you that. But we also don't need a great quarterback with this core to win. To get to where we want to go, we need a competent quarterback who's not going to fuck the game up. So, uh, you know, I am uh, certainly not uh, thrilled with the idea that we're not going to get Carr. So what's the other options out there? Uh, Lamar Jackson is going to cost a lot of fucking money. A lot of fucking money. Um, Not to mention he's going to want to have to, he's going to want to have to come here to uh, be able to make that happen. So I don't know if that's really in the cards. And I don't feel like giving up draft picks and paying a guy fucking absurd amount of money. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess you could say, is an option. But, you know, my problem with Garoppolo is very simply this. He's a good quarterback, but he's just not fucking healthy, like ever. Like a strong gust of wind will take Jimmy Garoppolo out for several weeks to come. So I'm not a uh, Garoppolo uh, 
I'm not a Garoppolo hater, but like it's like Garoppolo is the type of dude like you bring him in, you're gonna have to bring in a competent quarterback to back him up. You're gonna need a Mike White real bad because he's gonna have to play games. There's no doubt about it. Garoppolo will miss games because Garoppolo misses games every fucking year. Every fucking year. So that's another option, which is still better than, you know, just staying status quo. I I just can't help that, like, you know, uh, his injury shit has me worried. Which brings me to the big rumored uh, connection that everybody thinks is coming for the Jets. That, of course, would be... uh, Drug addict and <laughs> ayahuasca taken fucking quarterback with the long hair hippie guy, Aaron Rodgers. Now, <laughs> I've spoken very ill of Aaron Rodgers on this very podcast on more than one occasion. Uh, if he comes to the Jets, I can't guarantee that I will stop speaking ill of him. Matter of fact, I'm going to hold him to a higher level of criticism where my expectations will be ridiculous. Matter of fact, I will start by saying this. If Aaron Rodgers comes to the Jets, we must win a Super Bowl. I'm starting here. That's my expectation. If Aaron Rodgers comes, we must win a Super Bowl. There's no in-between. We must win a Super Bowl. If he don't, if he doesn't win a Super Bowl here, he's a bum. He's a bum, and I don't even want to think about him. Like just like I don't want to think about Brett Favre ever again playing as a Jet. I don't want to think of Aaron Rodgers playing as a Jet, unless of course he wins a Super Bowl. Now, if he wins a Super Bowl, I'll I'll start building the statue. I'll build the statue to the man. But yeah, the rumor is that he is uh, the guy and we're going to get him or that's he's being closely uh, attached to the Jets. The Jets are making a, a heavy play, play for him. Hopefully Joe Douglas is smart and he doesn't give up the farm. Like I, I can live giving up one first round pick to get Rodgers. I'm not giving up two first round picks for a 39-year-old quarterback who also happens to be a fucking drug addict. Nah, I'm kidding. Except he is a drug addict. Nah, I don't know. He's not. (laughs) But he's he's a weird fucking guy, man. He's a weird guy, and it doesn't get weirder than the fact that the story that is now out today about Mr. Rogers is that he has decided on how to embark uh, on his next journey of, you know, his future, I'm stuttering like a fucking moron here. He's decided that to figure out where he is going to embark next on his journey through football, Aaron Rodgers is going to isolate himself in a house in darkness for like four days. He's just going to sit alone by himself for four days and nights in a dark, desolate, small little room and just figure it out. 
My guess is there will be drugs. Nobody sits in a dark, desolate room not high. So he's going to be high as fuck. All right, let's start there. I have no problem. Honest, if this... The problem I have is that I think he might be batshit. And if he comes and he's just like batshit crazy and we don't accomplish anything, I'm going to hate him forever. But I will say this much. If this gets him to the right decision, the only decision, the decision he should be able to make instantly, which is to come to New York and win the Jets a Super Bowl, then I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it, but God, this is guy. It, I mean, it's just so frustrating. Like, you want to love him. I want to love him, okay? I want him to come here and be the God that he could become because he will be a God. Let's make that abundantly clear. He's already a God in Green Bay, Wisconsin, one of the biggest football towns in America. He won a Super Bowl there. He's kept them alive in contention. You know, a very easy fucking transformation from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers has kept the Green Bay Packers relevant for the best part, basically for two decades. Um... More than that, honestly. More than that. That's how important Rodgers has been to that franchise. Um, But what would really truly cement him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time would be to, late in his career, leave his beloved hometown, well, not really his hometown, but his original team, the team that drafted him, the team that he's always played for, the team that he's been loyal to forever, for him to make the escape and leave there to come bring the city of New York, the state of New York, Long Island, every fucking desperate cocksucker who's wearing a green and white New York Jets jersey. All fucking of us, all all fucking millions of us or whatever. He came here and he brought us the fucking, he got us the Lombardi. Like I said, I'll build that. I'll be building the fucking statue. I'll be there with cement doing God's work. So hopefully whatever's going on in that fucking dark, desolate house full of ayahuasca and Probably some weird music, my guess, or ambient noise of some sort or whatever the fuck it is. I better come out with something at the end of the tunnel. We'll say J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Now time to do the last pick segment of the year for the NFL. Um, very bittersweet here. Very bittersweet. But, uh, it, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste a lot of time. Uh, I have a couple of, um, couple of different plays because it's the Super Bowl, right? So you gotta go all in here, right? So let me start. We'll start with the side. We'll get right into it. I have an Eagles future. 
I've been bet I've been talking this about this for a while. I knew the Eagles were going to have one of the easiest routes to the Super Bowl. They had a bye week. They were going to get the winner of the Giants or the Viking game. Or if somehow Seattle pulled the upset, they would have gotten them. So that would have been their round two game. And then no matter who they had to play, whether it was San Francisco, Tampa Bay, or the, four, uh, or the 49ers, they were going to get them at home, which that's a huge advantage. It's a big advantage, especially for a team like Philly, who, uh, you know, they have a massive hometown fucking home field advantage, and they play very well at home. They dominate at home. You know, they're a little more shaky on the road, but nevertheless, uh, here we are. Uh, I'm in a perfect position to hedge, and I uh, heard the voice of a an old friend, a uh, somebody who was near and dear to me who'd passed away, and he once time told me something. He said, hedging's for pussies. And so with those words in mind, I... Can't I can't do it. I won't do it. Eagles fly. Eagles fly. So pick number one. Lay the one and a half. Take a money line. You probably should have bet the futures bet like I did. But whatever. Take it anyway. Which way you can get it. The Eagles are winning this Super Bowl. The Eagles are the better team. The Eagles are going to stomp on their throats. Patrick Mahomes uh, is great. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the game. He's the best he's the best quarterback in this particular game and he's the best quarterback in the league. It's done. It's not even worth discussing. He's the best. He's really 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 good. And Andy Reid's a hell of a coach and they've been on a magical run there in Kansas City. They just all they do is win AFC title games, get the AFC title games, win they get to the Super Bowl. But you know what? They're not going to win this Super Bowl. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. They're outgunned here. They're outmanned, and Philly is the answer. Philly's going to stomp them out. Uh, maybe they don't stomp them out. Maybe it's a closer game than that. The spread is indicating it's going to be a closer game, and I that makes sense. I know Kansas City has some firepower, and they can hang around in the game for sure, but ultimately the better overall team is Philadelphia, and I, I don't see a way they, they lose this game. I think they go out... And they handle their business like they've done all year long. It's a funny thing to me when you listen to the people who talk about how Philly hasn't played anybody. Every game they, they get so lucky and blah, blah, blah. There's something to be said about momentum. And when your team is stomping the guts out of every opponent you go against and you win games in blowout fashion, which is something Philly has done year all year long. They've been... One of the more dominant teams in the league. Matter of fact, let's take a look right now, shall we? Just because we're having this conversation, and I feel like it's an important point to drive home. Okay, let's go back to the beginning of the regular season. The Lions give Philly a game. All right, that's week one. Eagles stomp out Vikings 24-7. Eagles stomp out Commanders 24-8. Um, let's see, we're, so that's that's two blowouts. Uh, Eagles handled the Cowboys 26-17. That game was never close. That was window dressing. I was I was in Green Bay for that game. I watched it at the bar at the hotel. The game was never close. Philly dominated the entire way. The score is closer than the you know than it indicated. But still, that's three blowouts. Philly 35-13 over the uh, Steelers. Another blowout. 
Philly 29-17 over the Texans. Another blowout. Another double-digit win. Uh, Philly, where are, we going? where are we going? Where are we going? Oh, Philadelphia 35-10 over the Titans. Another blowout win. Eagles 48-22 over the Giants. Another blowout win. Getting the point here? You see what I'm saying? Then in the playoffs, 31-7, 38-7. They've given up 14 points so far in in the playoffs. Now I know what you're going to say. You're going to go, well, well, Brock Purdy got hurt and Daniel Jones isn't that good and blah, blah, blah. There is something to be said about momentum. And Philly has momentum. So I love them. They've been blowing teams out all year because they're good. They're really fucking good. And Kansas City, Kansas City is the complete opposite of that. They, in terms of, well, not the complete opposite, but just they don't blow anybody out anymore. Kansas City was blowing teams out. They don't do it. They play everybody close. So as far as I'm concerned, Philly's the better team. Philly has better chance of blowing them out. Uh, could I lose? Of course I could lose. I always can lose, but I'm going Eagles. All right, so I've driven home that point. Next thing, uh, I think the game goes over. I bet it at 49 and a half. I think it's 51 right now, 50 and a half, something like that. I still like it. The, go- the total should have never started with a four. It had to start with a five. Um, I wouldn't bet it higher than like 53, 54. I know that sounds stupid, but once you get to there, it becomes a little more choppy. But I do think the game goes over. I think the final score is like 31-23, 31-20, you know, something like that. I, I think Philly's going to win win by margin here. Uh, so I like Philly. I like the over. Now uh, I got to give you a couple props to go with that. Uh, Jalen Hurts, anytime touchdown, obviously is going to be a popular one. I'm not alone in thinking that. I definitely think he does score. But I also think there's a way of getting more value on it, which, because right now I think it's like minus 115 anywhere you look. But if you look at a, a nice prop where if you go, go to touchdown scorers on your on your book, there's a, a nice little thing where it's anytime touchdown and the team wins. So I like Philly to win. So there's a couple of these that I like. I like Jalen Hurts at plus 195. Touchdown and Philly wins. I like uh, Dallas Goddard at plus 300 anytime touchdown and Philly wins. And the one I would also consider fucking around with maybe, getting a little ballsy here, I wouldn't go crazy on it. Give me the Philly defense to score a touchdown and the Eagles to win the game at 11-1. to I think Mahomes makes a mistake here to, uh, in this game that costs them, that really really cost them and makes the difference. So, you know, I, I'm not guaranteeing that that interception is going to be uh, a touchdown, but it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world if this game is tight, it's back and forth, and, you know, we get into the fourth quarter and it's like 24 up or something like that, 23 up, and now all of a sudden Mahomes makes the mistake Philly takes advantage, boom, touchdown quick. Now Philly's up fucking seven or eight, and they don't look back, and their defense just smothers them, and you win an 11-to-1 shot. How do you not take that? I mean, that's 
that's worth a fucking little sprinkle. 11 to 1? Fuck yeah. So I like those props. Um, I like Kenneth Gainwell over rushing. If you want to get involved on uh, just like a straight rushing prop. I don't know where it's at right now. I think it was like 8. I bet it at 18 and a half. I think it might have moved up. You know, I moved the market. That's what I'm trying to say. But uh, yeah, I like a little Kenneth Gainwell rushing. Um, you know everybody's going to be on Travis Kelsey um, fucking overs and all that shit. If I had to, I will say this much. If you're going to bet anything Travis Kelsey, I recommend going like, check what the numbers are and like to have two touchdowns or even three touchdowns because there is a chance dumb things happen in in these games and and the Chiefs obviously are going to feed the ball to their most dynamic uh offensive weapon which is still no doubt right now Travis Kelsey. So uh I can see him having a like he's either going to score at least twice or he's not going to score at all. So uh yeah, that's my thought on it. Uh there you go. There's a bunch of Super Bowl props. E- fly Eagles fly. Everyone's going to hate me. And that's and that's what I actually love about it, too. That's what makes me really love the bet is that everyone's like, fuck the Eagles, dude. They fucking suck. And it's like, do they? Do they suck? We're going to find out on Sunday. But now to say goodbye to football season real quick. Let's just take a moment. I'm going to miss the uh, I'm going to miss the degenerate fucking Sundays. I'm going to miss the feeling of firing in that last bet at 1247, 1257, right before kickoff and feeling good that you just picked nothing but winners. I'm going to miss setting the fantasy lineups. I'm going to miss getting on the phone and yelling at my friend over what guy they think is going to dominate and whatever. Uh, God, the debates, the the hostility, the, the fucking bitterness that it causes amongst friends. I mean, two of my friends might not ever talk again because one thinks T. Higgins is better than fucking every receiver in the world. You know, I mean, it's great. I'm I'm going to miss it. We're all going to miss it. But nothing good can stay forever. Nothing gold can stay, whatever they say. And uh, this Sunday, we say goodbye to football season. So embrace it. Enjoy it. Spend it with loved ones and family. It's a it's a magical but sad evening. And uh we'll talk next week. Goodbye.